Hi, I'm Glenn Schnobliger, and I'd like to welcome you to Your Breakthrough Mind, where you will discover how you can accomplish anything you want and break through the barriers and obstacles that get in the way of creating and living a life you love. Welcome to episode number two of Your Breakthrough Mind. I am so glad to be with you, and it's awesome that you have joined me on this journey where you will get the tools and guidance you need to take action, achieve your goals, and live your dreams. I've spent a lot of time deciding what should be included in each episode of this podcast. When I coach people, I have the opportunity to listen to the issues they are experiencing and discuss the thoughts they are having. This allows me to get clarity on how their issue occurs to them, and I could lead them to discover for themselves a new way of thinking that allows them to find solutions and take action. These clients see the value of coaching and believe in the process. I know that many of you may not have experienced professional coaching or may not think you need coaching or simply don't believe in the process. My goal with the podcast is to provide enough value to you that you will stick with the process and keep listening. I want to help you build a base of knowledge, understanding, and belief so that you can learn to coach yourself and or see the value of receiving coaching from an expert. As I create new episodes of this podcast, I will often start by referencing the previous podcast and any homework or exercises that were assigned. It's my intention that each episode will stand alone and provide its own value to you, and it shouldn't be necessary that you listen to all the podcasts in order. For those who are listening in order and doing the homework and exercises, I want to acknowledge you and provide you with a sense of continuity, and so that's why I'll refer to those. In the last episode, I briefly discussed the concept of being aware of your thoughts, and I asked you to consider if the thoughts you have seem to be true and if they seem to be helpful. I also made the claim that you can choose your thoughts at every moment in your life. This is not a throwaway line and is, in fact, at the heart of the whole process of mind management, achieving your goals and creating a life you love. Now, you might just accept the notion I have put out there that you can choose your thoughts and that your thoughts are not absolute truth. Those thoughts are just your opinion or perception. But everyone falls into the trap of believing their thoughts at some point, and most of you believe them all the time. About 10 years ago, I remember I was up in Seattle at the famous Pike Place Fish Market. It's a cool place if you haven't been there. And in addition to the actual fish markets, there's also a bunch of shops geared towards tourists. I walked into one shop that had some interesting and humorous local artwork and knickknacks. One of the items I found particularly funny was a large stone. One side had been smoothed out so that they could carve words onto the rock. And the saying that they'd carved into this rock was, nothing is etched in stone. <laughs> well, anyway, I found that sweet irony to be funny and it has nothing to do with our topic but this shop also had an engraved paperweight dust plaque with the saying don't believe everything you think and while that first struck me as being really funny i now realize how insightful it was not believing everything you think is crucial to the process of managing your mind we all have a voice in our heads that provides constant chatter and running commentary on the circumstances that we observe in the world. Some people, when they hear me say that, have the thought, what voice? I don't have a voice in my head. Only crazy people have voices in their heads. And of course, that is the voice I am talking about. There are two interesting things about that voice that many people are not aware of. First, that voice isn't really you. And second, it's not your friend. I know when you are sitting around thinking and that voice is providing its running commentary, 
it feels like it's you having those thoughts. I mean, who else could it be, right? The thing is, the voice is not you. It is a part of you, like your finger is a part of you, but it is not actually you. I mean, if heaven forbid your finger got cut off and was lying on the table in front of you, you wouldn't point at it and say, that's me. It's not you, it's just your finger. The voice in your head is the same thing. It is part of you, but it is not actually you. When you are able to quiet the voice and observe your thoughts, that is actually you doing the observation. That is why a lot of people meditate, to quiet the voice and become the non-judgmental observer of their thoughts and circumstances. One way to differentiate you from the voice is, if the thought you are having involves a judgment or opinion, then it is the voice in your head. I make this distinction because often people like coach practice being aware of their thoughts and immediately start judging those thoughts as good or bad, mostly bad. And that's the voice in your head that's making those judgments, not you. One other example of understanding the difference between you and the voice in your head is to think about a moment when you were awed, truly awed by something beautiful or majestic in nature, a gorgeous sunrise, a fantastic sunset, a huge waterfall, maybe the vastness of the ocean or the vastness of the universe. Or perhaps if you have a child, the first time you held that child and looked lovingly at his or her face, right then, at that moment, there was no judgment, no opinion, no voice. It's just you. That's you. Staying present and aware of the difference between you and the voice in your head takes a lifetime of practice and is totally worth the effort. This podcast will help you to practice that. The second thing about the voice in your head is that it is not your friend. Do you notice how it hardly ever says good things about you? When you wake up in the morning, that voice doesn't automatically greet you with, Hello, gorgeous. You're looking especially beautiful today. You're going to have the most wonderful day ever. No, it probably says something like, Oh my God, is it morning already? You look like crap. Can't we just stay in bed all day? And it always seems to have something negative to say about everything. Be very pessimistic. Now, I know that some of you may not experience your voice like that. The voice might be saying right now, Not me. That's not true. I'm a positive person. Yeah, that's the voice doing what it does. And some of you who have done some work or read some books about positive thinking, you might be thinking, I don't have that problem. I know how to control my thoughts and think positively. If so, that's great and I compliment you. I mean, I've spent the last 30 years practicing controlling my thoughts and that voice in my head and I still find that I struggle at times. I still need coaching and to do exercises that help me separate my opinions and judgments from the reality. The voice in my head is persistent and wants to be heard. The problem is that voice is the thing that stops us from pursuing our dreams and achieving our goals. It causes us to worry and find reasons not to take action. When my coaching clients first become aware and accept that they have this voice in their head that they can't seem to control, they begin to beat themselves up and think that there's something wrong. I mean, many of them are successful people and believe that they should be in control of everything and that this is a problem they should be able to overcome. Don't fall into that trap. There's nothing wrong with you. By the way, it's the voice that is doing the beating up and judging that there is something wrong with you. It's really kind of crazy when you think about it. I mean, being able to distinguish between what is reality, or as I like to say, what is so, and the thoughts, judgments, and opinions that we have about what is so, is the key to the whole process of mind management. As such, it is also the key to the joy, happiness, freedom, and peace of mind we all want and deserve. 
And because it's so important, I'm devoting this entire episode of the podcast to discussing it and helping you to discover the truth about your thoughts and the voice in your head. I mentioned earlier that the voice in your head isn't you, but rather it's a part of you, just like your finger, hand, or some other body part. Now, if you stop and think about your various body parts and why you have them, you might realize that we evolved with each of those parts for basically one reason, and that's survival. In addition to the body parts, we were also given the ability to feel and perceive pain as a survival mechanism. If you touch a hot stove, you will instinctively and immediately pull your hand back in an attempt to avoid serious injury. Because in pre-civilization times, as we evolved, if you received a serious injury to your hand, it could cost you your life, literally. The injury could get infected, causing death, or the inability to use your hand might prevent you from hunting or finding food, again leading to death. So it's easy to see that the ability to feel pain is a survival mechanism. Humans evolved as social animals. Again, think back to pre-civilization times. A human was not able to survive on their own. If they were not part of a family or tribe, they'd perish. Humans that stayed and worked together in tribes survived and flourished. If you were cast out of the tribe, it was a death sentence. Think about a human baby. They cannot survive without the care of their mother or other adult humans. Humans evolved to have the need to belong to a group. And just like we developed the ability to feel physical pain when we touch something hot, we also developed the ability to feel pain when we are rejected by other humans. It was once critical to our survival to be accepted by other people. That may be less true now, but it's still nevertheless painful. Now, some people may scoff at the idea that being rejected by other people is the same as touching a hot stove. They may say that the pain of rejection is all in our heads. And I would agree with them because all pain is in our heads. You might think that if you touch a hot stove with your finger, that you feel pain in your finger, but the pain is being processed by the brain, not the finger. You may have heard about people who have lost limbs that still feel phantom pain in the missing limb. The pain they feel is real, as real as any pain you feel. And to them, it feels like it is occurring in the missing limb. In reality, there is no limb. and The pain is in their head being felt by the brain, not the limb. And as I stated before, pain is a survival mechanism. And the pain of rejection is as real as the pain you would feel if you touched a hot stove. And you feel it for the same reason, to survive. If you need more evidence that being rejected or separated from your tribe is painful, you can look at how our society treats people who violate the societal norms. That is, people who break the law. If the crime is severe enough, we separate the person from their tribe or their family and lock them up in prison. Now, they are still around other humans, but there is real pain and punishment in being separated from their own tribe and their own people. And while in prison, if they violate the rules of the prison, they are put into solitary confinement. So besides the death penalty, the most severe punishment that we give to the most egregious criminals is to separate them from other humans. Why? Because it's painful. When a child misbehaves, what do many parents do as punishment? They give them a time out and send them to their room and maybe have them stand in the corner. On the surface, this does not seem too severe, but it is extremely painful for the child because she feels rejected. And again, the pain is real, and that pain stays with us as adults unless we learn to manage our minds and change our thoughts. So we need to acknowledge that this mental pain is real and that most people have a fear of experiencing this pain and go to great lengths to avoid it. And even though it is real, 
you can see that it is also unnecessary and serves no purpose in your life except to make you anxious, fearful, and to create limits. No one dies from simply being rejected or told no. You are a powerful, intelligent, phenomenal human being, and no one saying no or anything else to you can change that. Just like the ability to feel pain is a survival mechanism, the voice in our head is also a survival mechanism. It is constantly on the lookout for risks and dangers to our survival. And it knows that survival means avoiding pain. It starts out assuming everything is a danger and can cause pain. It evolved this way because people who erred on the side of caution, avoiding danger, were more likely to survive. So the primary purpose of the voice in our head is to help us avoid pain in order to survive. As you practice being aware of the thoughts you have, the thoughts that are formed into sentences by the voice in your head, you'll start to notice that those thoughts have very little basis in fact or reality. I mean, those thoughts are mostly opinions and judgments. They start to form stories or give meaning to the actual facts and what is so. Now, you have spent most of your life believing these thoughts and stories and treating them as fact, but very few of them are fact, including the thoughts about yourself. If you ever thought that you were too fat or too thin or too short or too tall or not smart enough or too lazy or too hyper, none of those things are true. They are just thoughts and opinions. And the thoughts you have about other people are opinions as well. Your boss or coworker is not mean or stupid or lazy or out to get you. And that's just an opinion you formed, a story you told yourself and that you started to believe. Our brains use more energy than any other organ in our bodies, and they are designed to be efficient. Our brains look for patterns and shortcuts so that it can expend less time and energy in analyzing situations and making decisions. I'll talk a lot more about the brain in a later podcast, but for now, know that your brain wants to learn something, believe it, file it away, and use it later when a similar situation occurs. It will assume that a particular external circumstance is the same or similar to some other circumstances that we've experienced before, and it will affect us in the same way as that previous circumstance. This is a very helpful situation and allows us to learn and develop skills that we do not have to consciously think about. Think about some skill you've mastered, such as riding a bike or driving a car. When you first started to learn that activity, it took all of your focus and you were making constant conscious decisions about every aspect of that activity. I mean, should I go faster? Should I slow down? Should I turn? Should I break? Should I stop? Should I change lanes? As you mastered the skill, you began to do those things without consciously thinking about them. I mean, many of you have probably experienced getting in your car and driving to some familiar place, arriving there, and realizing that you had no recollection of the actual trip. The whole thing was basically handled by your subconscious, allowing your conscious mind to focus on other things. And even though we do not remember and we're not aware of the thoughts and decisions that we made during that trip, our brain was having those thoughts and making those decisions. We tend to think that thoughts only refer to the sentences that are formed by the voice in our head, but we also have thoughts that occur in our subconscious brains. This process works everywhere in our lives without us even realizing it. If you have some outside circumstance that always triggers you in the same way, maybe it makes you feel sad or happy or angry or nervous, those feelings are the result of thoughts you are having. You may be aware of those thoughts if they appear in your conscious mind, 
or they may occur silently in your subconscious. As you repeat these patterns, you start to believe that they are part of your personality. You might even believe you were born that way and that you do not have any control over them. This is not true. We can control our thoughts, both conscious and subconscious, through awareness and practice. And this is so important to understand because all of our feelings and emotions, all of them, without exception, are created by our thoughts. I want to say that again and for you to really listen and think about it. All of our feelings and emotions are created by our thoughts. It doesn't matter if these thoughts are conscious or occur deep down in our subconscious. They create all of our feelings and emotions. When I first got this, when I first understood it, it blew my mind. I mean, when I got angry because something went wrong, or when I got nervous when speaking in front of a crowd, I thought, that's just the way I am. I can try to deal with it, but it will always be that way. When I realized that these feelings were created by thoughts I was having, my whole world changed. Through practice and exercises that I'm going to share with you, I was able to change my thoughts and the emotions they created, overcome my fears, and create a life I love. You can do the same. I know this concept may be new to you, and you may need to study it and think about it to wrap your head around it. And that is what we will continue to do in this podcast series. I will talk about the mind trap cycle that limits you and how to have a breakthrough mind that allows you to chase your dreams and achieve your goals. You see, your thoughts create your feelings and emotions, and your feelings generate your actions, and your actions cause your results. As you evaluate those results, you will tend to see them reinforcing your thoughts, which create the same feelings, which generate the same actions, or these could be inactions like procrastination, which in turn create the same results, and you get locked into the mind trap cycle. You are not aware that you are trapped and that there is a way out. If there's anything in your life that you wish was different, if there's anything you want to change or accomplish, whether it is losing weight, making more money, learning a new skill, taking an existing skill to a whole new level, getting a promotion or a new job, having a better relationship with your spouse or with your children or with your parents or your boss, learning mind management and creating your breakthrough mind is the path to follow. I know this is a lot of information and I want to give you a chance to absorb it, to think about it, to question it if you like. In the next episode, I will explore the mind trap cycle in detail and show how it can apply to your real world issues and concerns. Between now and the next episode, I want you to do two things. First, continue to be aware of your thoughts. As you become aware of them, write them down. Then go back later, look at that list of thoughts you wrote down and ask yourself on each one of them. Is this something that is so, that is an indisputable fact, or is it just opinion? For example, if you see someone and you think, wow, that person is tall, is that a fact or an opinion? The answer, of course, is it's an opinion. If you measured the person and noted that that person is six feet, five inches tall, that would be a fact. Second, I want you to think about an area of your life, maybe a goal that you have or a relationship you would like to change. Write that down along with a few sentences about how the situation currently is and how you would like it to be. This will allow you to begin to apply the concepts you learn here on your breakthrough mind to alter that situation. 
If you have questions or would like additional information about Your Breakthrough Mind, you can email me at glenn at yourbreakthroughmind.com. That's glenn, G-L-E-N, at yourbreakthroughmind.com. I want to sincerely thank you for being here and allowing me to share these concepts with you. I look forward to being with you again next week and continuing this journey for you to create and live a life you love. See you next time on Your Breakthrough Mind.